an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 473. Uh, I am going to SF Sketch Fest February 7th and 8th to do San Francisco sketch, sketch comedy things. Ooh, comedy things. Comedy things. Yeah. Well, we have the Nerds Podcast February 7th, but that is sold out. Um, but the Saturday, February 8th, I'm doing three shows, Kyle. Oh. Um, tell me more. Well, in the morning, we're doing a live reading of Sanjay and Craig, Ooh. which is an animated show that I am a talking snake on. You uh, should wear a big snake costume. So I that could. People know That's which a one's good the snake. idea. That's a really good idea. Uh, Malik Pancholi is going to be on that show as well, as well as John DiMaggio and Nolan North and oh Matt God. Jones. It's a collection of national treasures on this show. Listen, you got uh, you got Bender, you got Nathan Drake, <laughs> you've got. I'm already sold. I feel you like you got Badger. I'm already at shut up and take my money. And you got uh, Malik Pancholi, who was uh, Jonathan on the Thirty Rock. Oh, that was Jack Donaghy's assistant. That was Jack Donaghy's assistant. Oh, that's really interesting. I, I wasn't aware you watched Thirty Rock. I thought you went more down the. Down the Parks and Rec hole? Yep. It's a good word. <laughs> Hashtag rec hole. Parks and rec hole. Um, so that's Sanjay and Craig in the morning. And then um, in the evening, in the early evening, I am hosting a screening of Revenge of the Nerds with the cast of Revenge of the Nerds. That's We're going to do a Q&A afterwards. And then later that night, I'm doing Bring the Rock with Greg Barrett, where Love we tell it. stories and sing songs. That's one of my favorite shows. It's a good, it's a good show. I, I used to do that show all the time at Largo, and then he only does it like once a year now. You get to break out the pipes. I'm going to break out the pipes. It's going to be hard because Craig, Sanjay and Craig yells. Ooh. Craig yells. So having to do a lot of, I'm a snake and I'm farting, which is... Uh, then I think it's time to break out your, your long-awaited Leonard Cohen songs. Oh, yeah. Just whispers through something. Yeah. Or like a Nick Drake. Uh, oh. The beast in me <laughs> is caged by Raven. I would watch that. I feel like San Francisco's ready for something like that. You think like they're that. ready for that? Yeah. Um, well, Nolan North played Nathan Drake. Oh. So there's, it's really, they just have the same Nick last Drake, name. Nathan yeah. Drake. Yeah, there's no connection really there at all. Um, this episode of the Nerds Podcast is brought to you by Hover. You're going to want to secure a domain name. I am. And Hover is the way that you can do that, Kyle Clark. Oh, good call. What's a, what's a domain name that you might want to look for? Uh, Parks and Reckhole? I'm going to do a Reckhole. <laughs> Just Reckhole? <laughs> All right. So you could. Na- <laughs> By the way, W R E C K is a oh, different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no you I mean, tried to get that. That was gone a long you mean, time ago. Like, you mean recreational hole? Yeah. Yeah, Reckhole. Parks and Reckhole. Yeah. 
Uh, Recreational so, hole's still filthy. It's still bad. <laughs> There's no iteration of it that's okay. Uh, but Hover makes it super easy to buy uh, domains. Uh, you don't have to be an expert to get a domain if you've never registered a domain, but I feel like most people who listen to the podcast probably, <clears throat> like I do, have like 30 domains that they continue to re-register every year that they will never use, but it's fun. Beyond Papal Nip Slips, what's another classic Hardwick domain? Uh, dude, my nipples are huge. Oh, that's good. Dot com, dot net, and dot org. <laughs> that dot org. Yeah, I feel like that's a new organization. Well, we that, can get that going. gives it a little bit of spiritual weight. Like yeah. it's like there's a, something to it. The huge nipple foundation. That's right. Hover takes all the hassle and friction out of registering a domain. It's it's super easy. There's powerful tools to manage the domain. Anyone can do it. And then you can start building your web presence right away. You're going to need a domain to establish a URL. To then put your web thing on oh, there. Oh, that's how it works. I've been doing the internet all wrong. Well, all you have to do is search for a few keywords, parks and or rec hole, and Hover will show you the best available options or the suggestions. And uh, it's super, super easy, and new customers get 10% off with the offer code. Are you ready? I am. What do you think the offer code is? I'm really hoping it's rec hole. It's not rec hole, oh. although we could talk to them about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's something that might come out of your rec hole, which is burrito. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's often coming out of my rec hole. Yep, it's a burrito, uh, not al burrito. Burrito. Usually, we do the offer code Nerdist, but uh, I, I am, Expanding. I think some people will be bummed to because they're so used to Nerdist. Uh, but we're gonna mix it up a little bit on you. Ten percent off using the offer code Burrito at Hover.com. Register your domain today, and thanks for their support. This episode is Broken Bells. Ooh, you've heard of them? I love the you Broken, know the broken Bells. Be- the, I love the, the Broken Bells. You get the James Mercer. You get the Danger Mouse. You put them together. You they got make the, the sounds. Bells. Individually, they're working bells. Yes, it's functional g- bells. Then together, they smush together. And, and they break. Yes. Yeah, from smashing the bells it's together. It's a classic story. Yep. Tale as old as time. It is. Uh, song as old as rhyme. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Thank you for playing along with yeah. that. Uh, but we went to Danger... I don't know what they're actually called, but we went to Danger Mouse Studios. Uh, we There's no Brian's. better version of that name. <laughs> There's Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse Studios. It's not only it's called Danger Mouse no. Studios, but we went to Brian's. Uh, uh, Brian Burton is his yeah. actual name, and we went to studios. And Brian is. M- we, we, a should, lot, we should a lot clarify of, a lot it's of the songs. Brian Burton and not the classic cartoon character not, Danger Mouse. Not the ca- cartoon that ran from like '83 to '92, which yeah. was great. By Solid. the way, one of the best theme songs. Um, Danger Mouse. Mouse. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> so uh, Brian Burton has produced a lot of the songs that you probably like. Um, he's an amazing producer and a musician, and and he and James Mercer just sort of came together to uh, f- form this entity that has its own com- and like the first Broken Bells album, which I adored. Um, instantly, I was on board. I'm like, they found a sound like they didn't have to search for it; they had it oh, right yeah. away. You know a Broken Bell song when you hear it. And they have a new album that's out now, uh, Kyle, called uh, After the Disco. And it's February 4th is a date. That drops Ooh. into stores and digital uh, retailers. And so the guys um, did uh, a song for us. And it's probably the prettiest thing we've recorded on this podcast. Yeah, so I really get super excited about uh, when musicians agree to play songs on the podcast. And so they actually recorded this in their studio, which is a, a version of their uh, song, Holding On For Life. And it fucking sounds like it should be on an album. When you played it for us, Jonah was like, oh, is this the single? You're like, no, this is our version this of is, the this, song. They just made this for us. So somebody start isolating those tracks. Well, I would love to just take all, all of the... We've had some really great musical performances on from... 
Wil- Wilco, Wilco to, to Tom Kenny, to Ben Folds. To Paul goddamn Williams. Paul Williams, uh, Tenacious D, Brendan Small, Lindy Ortega. Like, we've had uh, Sarah Watkins. Dear God. So we could put together, you know, like, uh, we'd never be able to. I feel like we should put it together and just release it as a charity album. Like, just do it for a charity. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's, again, it's always tough to get the, you know, the, the, the labels and things to sign off on these types of things. So maybe someday we'll be able That'd to be figure really that cool. out. cool. But um, but there, we have a pretty spe- spectacular body of work now um, that we should put out at some point. But anyway, now I just want to greedily ask you for those, you know, off mic and just get all those things. I'll send them to you, Kyle. <laughs> all right. But if you share them, I will. I will destroy you. Oh. All right. Here's the noise podcast number four seventy three with Broken Bells. Beauty and the Beast. Now entering Nerdist.com. When I think about the landscape, yeah, <laughs> when I when I actually think about the landscape of what pop music was, like the top charts from the, because I listen to the '80s station a lot, mm-hmm. I listen to the New Wave and the '80s station, and just to hear like you know John Waite had a hit, you know, like <laughs> that would never fly now, like that guy would yeah. never fly. Well, now. you know, the, the 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 most the biggest case of it is uh, Christopher Cross, the guy who because of MTV like stopped having a career. We're just talking about this. Oh, really? Because he just didn't that, that fit the bill. That was what they bill. said. Like, you know, Cross is just like a dorky-looking dude that had a beautiful voice and had great songs. Yeah. And then, and then everyone got to see what he looked like. And all the girls who were swooning <laughs> over his words just were like, "Oh, he looks yeah. like my uncle." You know? They say it's what killed his career. I just like Huey Lewis because I feel like wasn't his uh, wasn't his behind the music just completely dramaless? There was, no, there was that's exactly no, what we were just talking about. There yeah. was no like he was like, yeah, it was great. Yeah, and then things slowed down, so we stopped. Spent time with our families. <laughs> good dudes, good outlook. Listen, I know you guys are working in a. Uh, I mean, you know, since you're working in music, I don't know if you guys want this Toshiba uh, boombox. It's got a cassette deck on it. <laughs> Tapes are back, man. Are they really though? Burger Records uh, is this this guy that got all the uh, t- cassette r- tape rights from a lot of different bands, from like labels that didn't care because they don't make tapes anymore. Last year he sold six hundred thousand cassette tapes. Holy shit! Yeah. yeah, and he just is this dude from fucking Fullerton that just has a little shop and he just puts out like, you know, he does a lot of sub pop bands. So he'll put out their tapes and stuff like that, and then he'll get like old punk bands as a novelty thing, sort of. No, because the kids. The kids are buying cassette tapes. Why are the kids buying As a novelty. Tapes? No, no. no. <laughs> they think it's cute, right? I don't know. That's what I thought. I, I mean, got, to I, get a cassette player, you've got to go to a thrift store or something, right? There's a, there's like, again, there's a record store in my neighborhood called Jackknife Records and Tapes, and I get into arguments with the owner guy because he's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to expand the tape section. I was like, don't fucking, don't, don't do that. And he's like, no, 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 it just sounds better. I was like, you can't. It's universally known to be. It's like there's the like the floppy, like you know, flexi disc record, and then there's the cassette tape. <laughs> That'd be rad. Yeah, but yeah. kids are buying. We're putting them. our shit out on zip drives. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, God, the kids love jazz drives these days. So if yeah. you want to bump it up to hundred megs, nice. Yeah, that's the, that's the way to do it. But it's also for like younger bands. It's it's become so cheap. It's like you know, ten cents to have a tape pressed 
or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, okay. I'm, I'm yeah. almost even kind of annoyed with like, it's a cassette that's actually a flash drive or it's a cassette that's a phone case. Like, I'm, the cassette, it was not a great piece of technology. Though my current wife, I made her one of those mixtapes. Current wife? Current wife, yes, yeah, so, as opposed to all the others. Uh, no, but like uh, my wife, when we were first starting dating, I had one of those flash <laughs> I'm drives. Start calling my wife. My current, <laughs> current yeah. wife. See how long that lasts. Yeah, my, uh, well. our friend Rob Schraub refers to his wife as his ex-girlfriend. It's <laughs> <laughs> not really wrong. Funny. Not it's wrong. Really funny. But yeah, a little mixtape thing. Make a list. But the audio degrades. Like the audio degrades. If you listen to it like yeah. ten times, oh, the yeah. audio is degraded by that time. Yeah. So why would why would people? Do you remember metal tapes? Like yes, metal tapes. What really oh, yeah. was going? Was that actually any better? You I know? think the the the. the um, the good thing about tapes, though, I remember when I was in college, I used to put stuff on a cassette when I had when an album came out that I liked the artist, but I wasn't so sure about the album the first time I heard it. I would yeah. put on a cassette and just leave it in the car because that way I couldn't fast forward stuff, and I would uh. I would just live with it for a week or two, and that way I could really tell. And a lot of times I liked the album better. Sometimes I was like, no, even after a week. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a real chat test because if a CD, it's kind of I, mean, I don't know. I just didn't have the discipline to not skip or whatever. But on a cassette, you just leave it in, and it, when you get in, it's right where it picked up, and it's running, on, and it's That's going. A good point. And then you get but a better sense of the, the album. Time. You get a, yeah, you get a sense of the album itself, and it's constantly, you know, it has auto reverse football. Yeah, play. That's, there's but that's that a weird way thing. to do it. And you kind but of just, force yeah. yourself to do it. I just don't that's think. True. I don't think anyone has the attention span to do that anymore. Like, what do you mean I can't control every millisecond of my yeah. time? Yeah. That's why I started getting back into listen to vinyl. It's just because it forces you to listen to the sequence in which they chose it. Yeah. What was that scene in Boogie Nights where the guy's talking about he like makes a, a tape of his records and he puts the album the songs in the way he wants them? He's, he's like, I'm not gonna let any guy tell me which order to listen to his songs in. Yeah, I just don't think I don't I, I don't think people now people are just too we're just too spoiled. Technology has spoiled us so much that I mean, is that is that irritating in the sense that, you know, you spend a lot of time and you make an album and you put the songs in the order that you feel like, you know, they should be in. But then people are like, no, 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 no. I want to yeah. do it this or way. Or the shuffle thing. I'm, that was the first time that I got frustrated by that stuff was um, a friend of mine was using the shuffle feature on their iPod. Uh, and it yeah. just, I was kind of like, don't you know how long they sweated over the old track? <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. I think, and that yeah, was yeah. 10 years ago. I, I yeah, you 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 like to think of yourself as cool as the people whose albums you bought. So you're like, well, they made us do it. Like you, you kind of think yourself important. Like going, we know what we're doing. We know how to do this. It's supposed to be this way. It's supposed to be that way. It's the same thing as Pink Floyd, man. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like you're not gonna like move around the tracks on Dark Side of the Moon. This album is obviously as good. Yeah, you know, that's yeah, yeah. you think when you're done. Every album when you're done with it, you think it's this is gonna be the next Dark Side of the Moon, right? So like, don't even think about. Uh, moving it around it's supposed to be yeah the way it exactly. is. that's why a lot of think yeah a lot not, of bands do that but... thing where they like let the tracks like flow into each other like yeah. that waves record from last year where it's like everything just almost like where you are you would be an asshole if you tried to just take one track and move it around because it would like leading up to something and then it would just be a completely just different like, a, yeah. like girl talk where you're like where do i stop i don't know where it's come in and stop i asked the label for that we could put i don't I remember what album it was i think it was a neural record i said can we put the track markers in the middle of the songs Cause I didn't want I wanted people to listen to it all the way through. Oh, nice. I was like, can we do that? Nice. Just, just, pretty clever. Well, it, well, apparently it wasn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> is that what you actually did? Was, no, they no, that? no. And they they settled for releasing a one track version of the album that was backwards. That was my second idea. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's neat. Mm, it wasn't that cool. No, at least you tried that. something. I tried. 
Uh, it actually sounded pretty cool. Some songs sounded almost as good. You actually plays the songs backwards. <laughs> the entire album from beginning to end backwards. Yeah. <laughs> as right. one track. And we yeah. released the vinyl that way too. So if you play the vinyl, we had two vinyl. One that was the album and one that mm-hmm. was the album backwards. And so, did you do that thing? You know how you can get the grooves reversed where you put no, the, I didn't start do the all needle? That. Oh, okay. I, I thought that sounded kind of complicated. So I just, yeah. I just thought, no, just do a double vinyl. I don't like. I don't like double vinyl records where you have to get up every three songs and turn it over. I can't stand that. Yeah, the 180 grand. I just won't even get a record if it's like that for the most part. Yeah. But they were like, well, do double album. I was like, well, we'll just, if someone wants to listen to the album backwards, they can put on this version of it. <laughs> and you can listen to it backwards. It's very interesting. Yeah, Any hidden know, messages? Kind of cool. that, no hidden started the trend of no. forward masking. We yeah. actually <laughs> had to listen to the album forward to get the and songs. Then, and then I think people were like, I think we gave it away. The backwards one. Oh, nice. Um, people are like, well, you're giving away the album. They'll just reverse it, and then they can. But it's like they want to do all that. They can. Just yeah, do that. yeah exactly. <laughs> Then they earned it. You know, if you want more but, power to them. But it is. It's kind of. <clears throat> it's kind of interesting to piecemeal your. I mean, I'm not as I say. Like people don't have attention spans. I do exactly the same thing, but it. I guess in theory, it's probably pretty much the same as like, I'm going to read chapter four of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Then I'm going to read chapter 12 of Game of Thrones. Then I'm going to read chapter 13 of uh, Confederacy of Dunces. Like, of basically just, these are the only chunks of the story that I want to hear right now. You ever like go to a girl and make her a mix book? I make her a mix book. Yeah, 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 these are my favorite favorite chapters from, yeah. (laughs) That's what they had to do, uh, but years ago. Years ago, yeah, a long time ago. A long time ago. I, I don't expect you to remember this, but I met you guys because we did Jimmy Fallon together, and it was the time you played Ghost Inside, and it was right after it was right after the first Broken Bells album came out, and I was one of the ones who, as were many others, who got it, downloaded the tracks, a couple of the tracks, the second they were available. And uh, and I I kind of nerded out on you guys after the show, and I felt I was like, oh, I think I I think I nerded out a little too much. Like you guys are really great, and I've been listening to the, to the track. I mean, I did that thing that people do. <laughs> I did exactly the same thing that people do, where, where you go like, I'm experienced enough. I know how to talk to people. Yeah, this isn't going to happen. I was I just really you guys are great. <laughs> Get in your head immediately. Yeah. Um. But uh. But it I was, remember the show. I remember doing Fallon. Um. I don't remember if it was good or not, but I remember doing it. Do you yeah. remember doing it? Yeah. It was like they put like the audience behind you and yeah, oh, yeah, the they're all rocking out. Yeah. Where it looks like you're it looks like you're in uh, like an industrial zone. Yeah. Almost a post apocalyptic, like people just want to party out to forget that the world has collapsed. Yeah. <laughs> that all every time I see like the audience, like the audience they put in to like rock out to a band, it always seems so like like Japanese TV shows where you see that and they just have a <laughs> bunch of people doing this no matter what. You well, know? you know, that was that was I worked at MTV in the nineties and that was all of MTV. Like m- most of MTV stuff looked totally chaotic. But it was really just let's just put fourteen people over there in that corner, some teenage girls. Yeah, exactly. And then, but if you could see outside of the, if you could see outside what the camera was seeing, it was just desolate. There was nothing. It was a completely controlled, just security guys. A nice wide picture of the Smells Like Teen Spirit video shoot would be really funny looking. (laughs) Just a bunch of people in the middle of a soundstage rocking out. (laughs) Yeah, like a boombox playing the song. The guy going by with the hi hat. It's not in slow motion. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming out of a stereo. So now that. But, um, now that the new album's coming out in February, is it fourth or fourteenth? Fourth, I believe. The fourth. Yeah. 
are you are you completely emotionally like it's out there almost it's we're not i mean are you you're focused on new things or how does it feel like days before something comes out uh we're anticipating it we're you know mostly we're doing promo stuff like this interviews and and we're rehearsing and all that stuff yeah so yeah we're we're looking forward to finding out what happens when it comes out i mean I, i stopped listening to to the albums once they're out it's kind of like my last week or two to get to like listen to it on my own. So I listen to it a lot usually before it comes out, whatever album it is. And then like the last Bells record I've only listened to maybe two or three times. And since really we stopped touring. Oh, you should revisit it. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Holds up. We did one time. We did right before we did this last album, we listened to it. And, and, but I remember like all that time I've listened to this new album like countless times like as we're making it and then now that it's done and everything else because it's really it's 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 your own album like it's mine like i it, i you know i did it with you we get to i get to walk around my neighborhood listening to it and nobody else has it and it's yeah. just my it's very very personal for a while and then once it's it's out there and everything else it's a little weird yeah once it gets popular it's, it's a little weird to listen to yeah. it in that way it's just it changes but for me i get to still I listen to it a lot and just because I kind of know that I'm not going to listen to it anymore, and it's like it's kind of done once yeah. it comes out. But I, I'm looking forward to coming out too. What do you hear when you're listening to it? Like when you've hear, when you've listened to this, when you've created something and you've listened to it hundreds of times, what is it that you're starting to? What do you focus in on after that long? Um, I listen to it. I mean, this may sound weird. I just I separate. I'm separate from it. Like I don't hear after at a certain point. It just kind of happens where. I'm not judging it. I'm not thinking I should have done this or should have done that. I'm just listening to it kind of, I don't remember really doing it, doing all the parts or any of that stuff. I'm listening to James sing. I'm just, I'm just listening to it and enjoying it and not. Uh, Your perspective it's of, changes of it changes completely. completely. I, like, I I'm like, I don't remember doing half the stuff on there. I'm like, I don't even know where that came from or how or why I'm just, I'm, and so you're just listening. <laughs> I guess a metaphor or a, comparison would be an analogy would be like getting dressed for a party and then you get to the party and now you have a different perspective of what you're wearing yeah like oh, yeah. oh should i have worn the checkered pants or <laughs> yeah <laughs> the you know, always yes. it's like the that public once it goes public it's it changes your perspective of it and, yeah. it, and does it ever sort of backfire where you kind of go ah shit i i thought that was really <laughs> awesome but now in the landscape of everything else all the time. I think always, every, every time I'm always like, this is easily the best record you're ever going to hear. And then it comes out and then it hits the world and it's obviously not. And then you go, well, that's because you haven't heard the new one. <laughs> and whatever the new thing you're working on, it's like, that's the next best thing. But you kind of have to feel that way, I think, in a way. Well, it's important because if you're constantly like... I do. If you're constantly <laughs> holding on to the first one, then yeah. you're not really growing at all. So yeah. I feel like it's, you know, like those... These things that you that you make are essentially emotional snapshots of whatever sort of weird organic conglomeration of things happened at that time. Exactly. And I, then you don't even you know. really feel that way anymore because you've you're a different person. You yeah. you you moved on. That's funny. Yeah. I was just uh, watching. Uh, they have a bunch of clips of Liam Gallagher watching a bunch of Oasis videos and doing commentary on them. And, <laughs> and the entire time he's just going. Ugh. Oh God! But he oh, was doing that then. Sucks. He was doing that then. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like looking back and just completely. He's and incredibly it's a, entertaining to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've gone down the uh, K hole of YouTube <laughs> on the Oasis tip. It's so funny, man. <laughs> Their unplugged yeah. was unbelievable. Oh, just like he, 
Liam wouldn't play, so he just fucking heckled from the rafters the oh, entire right. time. Yeah. It was so weird. <laughs> yeah. It was God. so weird. I, I, Antics. I love it. Yeah. I, yeah. I almost am sad that they did not exist at a time where there was social media, <laughs> so you could really follow the oh, day. Yeah. Like, they would have been such Brutal. a great social media reality yeah. show. There's another Gallagher Twitter war happening. <laughs> Get online. Exactly. Hashtag cunt. Cunt. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I... Uh, I I, I guess did they are they cool now or do they I don't fuck it I can't tell I can't tell I they all it. seem like even in that uh, uh, <laughs> Live Forever doc the one about like you know Oasis and Blur and uh, Massive Attack and stuff it's like even like even like Damon Albarn and the Gallagher guys still seem like they hate each other from that one that one day they both released the single it's just that everyone just seems to hate each other they just seem all miserable is what it seems like you have to be to be an English lead singer you have to be <laughs> you have to have a chip on your shoulder and, and be a, and, and, and yeah stuff. It's yeah. kind of part of it. Otherwise, they don't accept you. Yeah, wasn't yeah. that sort of the thing about when Franz Ferdinand's album won that year? They were like, they seemed normal. Like everyone was disappointed yeah. that they were just kind of like nice, normal guys. Yeah. Like they weren't tortured twats. Well, they anyway. might have been they're Scottish, <laughs> though, right? They're Scottish. That doesn't. It's a, oh, that's yeah, really yeah. A, little, a little different. A little different. Maybe they're, they're, they're nicer there or something. Or <laughs> do you, when you're kind of when you're looking at when you're looking at producing. Uh, which I assume is is it it's is the mindset different when you're producing someone else's stuff or when you're producing stuff that you are directly involved in? Producing is I don't know it's a weird word like I I think producing is like you make something so when you're making something is either you're making it like with me and James we kind of both just make stuff so the producing with me and James is probably more just all right we need to move on to this or rushing stuff through or making a bunch of decisions about stuff that are not necessarily this not always uh, associated with the actual melody or, or chorus or song. It's just kind of like, all right, we should do this this time. We should do that. We should record it this way or that way or ideas like that. But with other people, it, can, it gets it's the line gets crossed a lot in a lot of different ways. So it just I, I don't I didn't know whatever what I was doing when I produced somebody else's record. They just I was like I make my own. I can help somebody make theirs. That's basically it. You know, that's the first record I ever did was the Gorillas and. They wanted me to produce it. I was like, I guess. I don't know how to do this, but I don't know how to. I didn't know. You know, you just, just showed up. It's like, I what never they produced. Responsibility. I never worked I mean, out of my bedroom It comes before. down on Brian to really make sure shit gets done. It's partly what To an extent, it does. It, it's, yeah. That's, is that's is it moving along or like just kind of like, all right, cool. You yeah. did that. Maybe stick with that again. Yeah. Sometimes kind of people coaching. need help that help a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I'm where I learned on the job. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, uh, what a you can imagine a lot of bands one. need that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. Let's, let's try and wake up tomorrow. Before I'm opinionated. You can ask me; I'll tell you. You know, I'm I'm pretty opinionated, so that helps. I think. Yeah. But does it get? I mean, how do you figure out the vibe of someone else's energy? If you know, if you're the higher and higher profile bands you're working with. Yeah, you know, I'm sure they have ideas about stuff, and there's yeah. probably egos, and yeah. you know. So how do you how do you draw the line, and where do you you know do you compromise, or you just go look, it's this way, or don't don't work with me? I've been fortunate though. I've I've I usually don't go that deep into anything if it doesn't work out pretty quick early on, um, with tastes and the ability to do that because that that kind of stuff keeps me up at night. The idea of Man, there's this one part of the song, and it's gonna keep on there, be on there, and I want it off, and I can't. Like that would that drives me nuts. I can't do it. So, luckily, I've been mostly been able to work with people who want me to like it. So, that's a good deal. 
You yeah. know, I want them to like stuff I bring to the table, and I want they want me to like it. So if they don't, then I try something else. And if usually if I don't like what they do, they usually try something else. It's I've been lucky like that. Um, but bands is it's a little bit more complicated. But I mostly have worked with kind of one person usually. You know, back I mean, Black Keys is two people. Damon Damon was one. James is one. Um, Sparkle Horse one. A lot of stuff I did was one person, one person at a time. You know, full bands, not so much. A lot of uh, egos flowing around in that situation, probably. <clears throat> yeah, it can be a little bit political here and there, but I mean, usually it's one on one. Is is kind of kind of is okay because if you don't like somebody, and it's just you two. You either keep going or you stop. You either yeah. you like somebody or you don't, or you, know, you get along or you don't. So with um with a guy like uh like Beck, where you know he kind of like tries to, to pull off something different every record. Um, when it came to Modern Guilt, was it he's all I want to do a bare bones thing, or were you say? Or did you go to him saying, "Why don't we try a bare bones like you know four piece band with your for this album?" No, there wasn't a four piece band. I mean, there wasn't. It was just mainly him, him and myself, and he did most of the stuff on there. Oh, really? Mainly, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was some. There was a couple of times we had some people come in on songs, but for the most part, I tried to get them to play almost everything on there. And nice. I did the beats and stuff like that, but. For the most part, it was mainly him, and we didn't talk about it. You know, you just same thing with me and James. You know, we just show up, and I mean, when we do stuff, we just drive to the studio. Like if we were going to work today, easily, if we had two or three days off in LA, we don't write anything ahead of time. We don't talk about what we're going to do. It's like let's go to the studio. It's like okay, we go here, we come in here, we probably take a break immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going we through the door. It's just exhausting. <laughs> we get up like, man, we really do, we're really it's doing it. Right. He's into it. You have to ease yeah. into but it. But the first thing we do is like, okay, what are we going to eat? Where are we going to go to eat? Whatever. But eventually we'd settle in, but we just go in the other room and we don't, it's not about what kind of song or this or that. Usually it's just like, all right, well, I'll start fumbling around on this instrument. He started messing around there until you hear something you like, or, or we might start listening to some other music, just listening to stuff for, you know, I've been listening to this recently or something like that, but we'll just go. And then by the end of the day, we'll have this, we'll have a song. It doesn't have the lyrics yet usually, but it'll have the structure of it. We'll have melodies. We'll have instrumentation and everything. And then the next day we'll come in and kind of clean it up, see what, see what we liked about what we did the first day. And then usually that we'll put it away and go on to another one. But we nice. just, it's the same thing. You just don't know. We don't really, you're communicating while you're doing it. It's not so planned out or thought out. I mean, that's kind of how we do it. Right? Yeah. yeah. You just kind of don't know. Yeah, I, I kind of I, I like that idea because it it feels more of a it's more like a respect the chemistry, you know. Yeah, like it's, it's organic. It's, yeah, yeah, you you, you is the same. Is your process pretty much the same when you're doing shins stuff? No, I sit usually alone and and just write with the guitar, you know. And it's yeah, it's a different different thing altogether. It's not as collaborative at all. Was that a reaction to like coming out of flake music? Uh. Yeah, you know, I think that's kind of the reason I started Shins was so that I could um, realize a song, you know, on my own and just make sure I, it was sort of a control thing, I guess. Yeah, and then and because uh, the first time I heard Flake Music was when I got the Scare Chaka split, and then like oh. there was a song called Shins. And yeah, then, like oh, yeah. was that just to have like a connection to the um, music stuff, or was that just because that? that song sounded like what would become the stuff. That, it was a little bit of that. Yeah. It was, I had this notion that there could be some other band that would be more melodic and more pop oriented yeah, and not as um, stuck in the sort of nineties idea of everything having to be a little bit lo-fi. 
yeah either in the 90s i think things had to either be macho in some certain way like punk rock in a certain way yeah or they had to be ironic and sort of tongue in cheek. Did not yeah. care about any. And I, I kind of, by of, the end uh, of the nineties, I was really sick of that sort of thing. I was really tired of it. Well, just so that, that was like, the shit. Yeah, yeah. Which was like the whole kind of like you know that if you were talking about like a big example of like the pavement, just like the oh whatever, nothing's we're not that serious, you know. Yeah, yeah but you know they did really cool stuff too. But it's it just it was a you know I just wanted something. Some different direction. Yeah. Listen, not to bring it back to Huey Lewis, who was on the cover of this Rolling Stone from <laughs> 1984. But Brian, before you got here, I was saying I, I happened to catch three different Huey Lewis songs today, just flipping around Sirius XM. And so and I just had never really listened to the lyrics of Heart of Rock and Roll before. Oh, really? And maybe it's because I'm getting older now. But I found myself out loud agreeing with the lyrics like yeah it's all music it's rock and roll it doesn't matter if you go to cleveland or sunset boulevard like i was actually agreeing with heart of rock like that's an that is an excellent point everyone's doing the same thing they're yeah. just drawn from a different well um they had to make a song and tell people they had to explain it to people i guess i guess yeah, yeah. they didn't know <laughs> people didn't i always i feel like that's that, that doesn't that's happen anymore we need to do a song about <laughs> yeah rock and roll songs about the concept of rock and roll don't really seem to happen anymore <laughs> it's so it's it's not easy to do there was the billy joel song what was that still rock and roll to me there you go yep, yeah that's right give me some of that rock and roll music Yep, that's right. Uh, uh, rock and roll by Led Zeppelin. It, it just, yeah. I, I, I love guess, rock and roll. I guess at that time... <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It totally is. The, the, I guess maybe there was still... That was still within the the, the kind of... The, the umbra of... Oh, rock and roll is still kind of a fresh new thing. Yeah. And now people are like... Now yeah. there's the remains of rock and roll. <laughs> on our, just, just the shattered, just picking through. Everyone's real sad about it. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how I would... When I think... I, mean, I know what 80s music is, and I know what 90s music sounds like. I have no idea what, like, 2000s music is. I always thought it was kind of a jip. We got ripped off, man, because... The whole 2000s, you can't call it anything. So people just don't, don't even, they're just going to ignore it. It's not fair. Like they got people got 60s. You can say 60s. You can say 70s. Oh, you're you saying just say because 90s. it's hard to sort of, yeah. Yeah. people just go, mm, now it's going to be worse the teens. The I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but people would rather just not say it. Yeah. I don't think yeah. they're going to, I think they're just <laughs> not going to say it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you try it. It's so just, yeah. just going to get like, well, yeah. Well, well I remember it was you gotta seven compete. when, but that was, that had to compete with the whole century now. And that's not fair. Well, the 2000s started what you were talking about earlier. It was this like shuffle culture. And so, you know, there weren't, it's like the idea of verticals and people just sort of sticking to those kind of musical verticals wasn't it's not really everything's so just mashed up and smashed together that it's it's not really a thing any or at least from this perspective we have right now it doesn't appear to be a thing like when you look back to the 90s what you consider 90s music you were saying didn't start until after nirvana 91 was still the 80s 1990 1991 yeah 92 started to change a little bit but they were still kind of the 80s yeah movies and stuff poison and madonna like there's still a lot of right yeah Yeah. and the 60s isn't really something that 65 65 is when it really started right we consider that right we think of the 60s oh right yeah i guess up until until then yeah when it's still kind of the 50s kind of that's right yeah there's still like beatles there's still like just these four part harmonies yeah and then it and then it starts to break down and the more drugs the war but the 90s too is kind of split even towards the end where it's uh you know the 
the grunge became pop and then it just got really aggressive with you know the corn and the limp kicked in the dick and, rock yeah, yeah, yeah that's great fucking <laughs> the limp biscuit yeah yeah breaks <laughs> break stuff man I, I i worked at k i did the overnight shift at k rock from 95 to 97 it was the best time to be there because they it was like you know, it was just sort of like riding out that last wave of grunge. And I, I'm yeah. so thankful that I missed because there was a playlist. You had to play all the songs. Silver the chair. I like silver chair. <laughs> I like silver. Candle box. Silver chair. They were like 17 years old. Yeah, like they, yeah were, they were. They were teenage Australians. They were grunge. Han- There's handsome. no excuse for candle box. <laughs> um, but the but the late, you know, like just kind of missing that not having to be around music in that late in the late 90s. I yeah, think. it was gross. Good. It was gross. <laughs> Corn would refuse to tune their bass. <laughs> That's like every time I hear it, it just sounds like a guy that just loosened all the strings and is just kind of hidden at it with a fucking metal pick. So where do you see, like, do you even think about, you know, do you look at the landscape of what's out there and say, and consciously say, like, oh, there's this hole and it'd be great if we could fill this hole, or does it really just sort of, like, you just kind of go with whatever happens in the moment? You mean when making it or after? Yeah, or, or just sort of surveying, like, you know, right before you, I know you say you come in and you just start dicking around until you find something, but but you know, in between those periods, are you do you kind of look at the landscape and go, yeah, it feels like something around this kind of theme would work right now. Yeah, maybe we should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I wonder I if that works, you know, for anybody. Maybe. I mean, I, I think it, it can happen accidentally. I think with the Black Keys, there was a whole. There wasn't any rock bands really that. Well, I'm not talking crap about other rock bands or rock bands or anything like, but. It sounded almost like classic rock music, but it was done in a modern way, but it just had a thing to it. But there, apparently there's not that much of it now. It's just not. There's a lot of hip-hop music's really big, um, dance music's really big, and all those other things, but there's not a lot of rock and roll bands that are, that do something that's that simple and that, that obviously plugged a huge hole, but I don't think they were thinking about that when they started You know, yeah, well, 10 or 12 been, years ago. They've been doing it for so long. Right, but it, it just was, it happened that the hole came along. They yeah. didn't, they didn't, it just it it happened the while they stripes. did it. Like, you know, the yeah. stripes tapered off and then someone needed some, you know, loud guitar rock and they were just kind of the, you know, just so happened they were a two-piece as well. But, you know, like, that, all that stuff was still happening. Like, you know, the Jay Riotard, all the kind of garagey stuff that was happening and then it's just one of those things that, you know, oh no, it's your turn, you go up there. You guys, you guys can handle it. It'll be all right. But yeah, I don't think that people i don't know i don't think people think about that as much as it finds them you know i think it's that's why I, I think for us it will find it but if it does but i don't know i mean i don't think it's very similar what we do to anything but i think most people probably feel that way to be honest like when they think they're doing their own stuff they're like no this is super unique no it's it not like nothing it sounds like everything yeah i was gonna say that earlier but i don't like know. you guys just have it's like a broken bell sound it's there's you know i wouldn't be able to put it in anything as far as like it's like oh that just sounds like broken bells yeah you know and which is a great way to be i think in a band yeah the, the sort of the analogous thing in comedy is that someone has such an original voice that you cannot picture anyone else doing their material or you're like oh those jokes are unstealable because there's so much about who that person is yeah that makes such, it funny yeah, yeah yeah and then there's such an they're so tied to that person as opposed to just oh that person's saying funny things yeah. it's like louis anderson yeah like <laughs> yeah, like louis anderson <laughs> kevin meany kevin yeah. meany no one else can talk about pants, <laughs> pants people oh, pants <clears throat> Oh, I, I heard I heard a story that Kevin Meany did a show and he came backstage and got really pissed off about something and it just sort of shattered my image of like he's the fun loving bow tie wearing guy. Yeah, he's a meanie. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you for that joke. Yeah, I, I didn't want to. Um, 
do, do you did you follow a lot of comedy? No, I mean, just <laughs> that's so like Kevin Meany's not a pull that most people would just immediately have. Like, well, right. but he's that sort of comedian. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, did, did you are you friend are you guys, are you friends with comics? I mean, it's like it feels like there's a yeah. I've, I've got a, I I, I've a couple of friends. Yeah, that I you, you are actually. Years, you do have a few few friends. Yeah. It just sort of feels like there's something Bunch of jerks. Sort of <laughs> oh, you guys did the. Um, <laughs> My friend, uh, some friends of mine at Soapbox did the the, the Ghost Inside video with Christina oh, yeah. Hendricks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we were doing. I was shooting some stuff there, like right as they were taking the set down, like the 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 space little pod, the space part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that was a really low budget video compared to what people thought. It's funny, like um, Jacob Gentry, who did the video. Um, I've known him for a long time since college, and he has a way of he can make any make things look so good with nothing really and so we didn't have a lot of money for it because it was second it was the second video so we did something in it and the way he made it look it's like it, i think it, it kind of got taken the wrong way it was like he used old technology to do it like the way they did star wars he used models everything else he did yes. it all the certain way really low budget for the most part and it was way cheaper than the video that we did before which is basically me and james walking down the street at night <laughs> and then this one's like all in space and everything and it costs less than half the money for it but then people thought it was expensive i think people might have even looked negatively like <laughs> what i mean it's just God, it's like a million dollar know. video yeah, who up, would man? spend the money in this day and age <laughs> was really these guys are totally there. sold out they made their yeah. space video the yeah. set would yeah, it was like half the size of this room. It, it was really small. It was styrofoam. Yeah. <laughs> but it also sort of – it also so, should illustrate like, yeah, this is why CG is ruining so much of film. You know, yeah. like if you just made some cool models and, you know, like did stuff practically, then it, it would actually look <laughs> still cool. There's some hilarious stuff on cable. I don't, I don't have cable at home, so when I'm at Brian's, I kind of <laughs> indulge. And they've got these ridiculous shows, uh, like sort of docu-shows. And they'll just green screen somebody sitting in an office. Like the whole yeah. idea is just just dramatization of a dude sitting in an office. The whole thing will be CGI. Yeah. They're like, why couldn't they just get a <laughs> desk yeah. and a chair? Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm now sure they this. work in offices. Just bring a camera there. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Weird. No, they have to bring two lights. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> and then uh, and then that's it. Really. Yeah. Then they got to find a thing to put their phone on to film it. But I think you know I, I sort of. Do you see kind of some of the same parallels in music where it's, you know, people are so up the ass of technology that it it just – it's sort of ruining like eh, kind of the soul of what should be happening, which is like, tech you know, technology makes you less creative because you don't have to necessarily be as creative if you can solve every problem that you have technologically in a second. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I – I talked to James about this before. Like, you know, I don't think I would have been able to do music or would have even tried to do music if the technology hadn't made it easy to do. I, you know, I had never, I didn't really play instruments when I was younger. I was in college already and it, you know, wanted to make films, but the filmmaking stuff looked so bad and you didn't sound like, it didn't look like the real thing. You know, it was just the beginning of DV and stuff like mini DV and things yeah. like that. But the music stuff actually, the digital way of recording at, at, in your, room basically was close like you could fake it you could act like you were a real band or like a real musician uh, and so i don't think i would have done it if i if it wasn't that way if i wasn't able to cut corners and and, and fudge ways and to to, to get it into to, to sound like the real thing you're just copying basically the things that you like that you the albums you like so 
that's all. I mean, it helped me a lot. I, I definitely wouldn't have done it that way any other way. I don't think. And I still use it and I still do it in that way. And you still, you have to be creative still, even in that, because everybody, anybody can have that same technology, that same thing. And they're just going to make different stuff. Cause I remember thinking after a couple of years of doing music that I was doing something cool. And then, then my, I, th- I think it was like my, uh, my brother-in-law or something he's really into music too just like music but just like hey man i got this program i made these beats and i heard him and i was like man you did that in like two or three days and it's kind of exposing i'm like i've been doing this for a couple of years uh-huh. and this sound his stuff's you know something i made to the average person still sounded legitimate i'm like you start to get worried almost like no you shouldn't have that <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah. To, you shouldn't uh-uh, that's not cool you shouldn't like, have you gotta, fruity loops you should wait a couple of years then you can maybe do something but it's it's you can't hide the fact that anybody can do stuff it's just you have to be that much more unique or creative about what you're doing yeah and so it's, it's always going to be that thing where somebody to can write do. A, a really good song yeah. yeah and so those beats i mean yeah that's exactly. cool you know it, it makes it easier but it makes it easier for everybody so then exactly. you're just in an ocean of you know, but the good shit will always, you know, any like anyone can pick up a guitar, but it's the people that are going to work on it and try to do something better or different with it. That'll end up, you know, you know, the good shit will rise to the top. Yeah. Well, it's finding the, I I think it's just finding your voice or whatever that is. I've been so, I don't watch American Idol, but I saw one clip and something Harry Connick Jr. said made me, my heart wept with joy that someone finally said this but he basically called them out you know all that annoying soul yodeling shit that mm-hmm. american idol made popular like like the verbal do, olympics kind yeah, of thing. yeah the olympics stuff <clears throat> and then all the notes and then yeah all the notes and so you know everyone thinks like oh that's so great it's so tell <clears throat> there's a clip where where a girl does that and jennifer lopez is just like oh that's so amazing and then harry connick jr who's a like ridiculous ridiculously trained i mean like like music since he was a tiny tiny boy yeah he just uh he explains the pentatonic scale to her and he's like well it's it's actually really not that impressive i mean that's just and then she's like no you don't know what you're talking about and he's like no i really feel like i know what i'm talking about but i've never heard i've never heard someone publicly especially like on that show call out like yeah, that's that's just a lot of bullshit. That's yeah. really not that. That's really not that hard to do. Well, we talked when we talked to Ben Folds. He was talking about how he was getting so irritated with people just trying to do all the notes that, like, when he started doing Ben Folds Five, it's like he was going to just like do real static, just one note kind of singing with each thing instead of trying to. So, do you ever kind of go through? Uh, <laughs> there's that that thing that uh, that Coco Chanel said, which I think applies to a lot of things, where she says, like, right before you leave the house, you look at yourself in the mirror and you take off one thing. So basically just like simplify. Like do you when you when you listen to something I like that this is the analogy for this. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that. I don't know why I thought of that. He's always quoting Coco um, Chanel. <laughs> I use the fashion thing as well though. She was a visionary. Um but I you know, just sort of looking to other disciplines for kind of like philosophical tenets, I think is kind of a cool thing to do. Yeah. And so it, do you look at that, you know, like when you do a song, you go, Oh, I should just strip that one thing out. Do you try to strip it down to its simplest form? Um, it probably should more, you know, (laughs) I don't know if we think about it that much. It's like, does it sound cool or not? Or, you know, is is something about it annoying you or sometimes? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely have a habit of layering. I know I do. Um, that's usually a technique used by people who can't actually play. So, (laughs) so that's, that's something I've developed over the years. I'm really good at layering now. And so, yeah, that's the first thing you do is layer a whole bunch of stuff. And then sometimes you can go, okay, take this off or that off. But um, 
it is almost yeah. I think it is better usually to just take something away than to add something. I agree. How do you know when it's done? Um, February fourth. <laughs> <laughs> are you good? At, are you good at letting? I mean, like you said, you don't. You know, like once it's out, you don't really listen to it anymore. But emotionally, are you good at sort of going? No, oh, that song's done. Nah, I'm gonna just kind of move on to this next thing. I, I mean, I am, but I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I am. But I'm not the one singing on the song, so it's a lot easier for me. I'm I'm mostly judging it. So as long as I like it, I'm good. I don't have to worry about most of the, the I other I second thing. guess more than Brian does hmm. songs. I'll be throwing Brian ideas like two weeks after we thought we were done. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it, it's, 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 it's valid. But it, it takes me a while to get my head around that sometimes because I do have to put myself in a place where I'm like, that's done. I have to kind of move past it. Um and I'm constantly having to do that, but I'm not always right about it. But I, it's a it's a habit that I do as well. So, but a couple of times, or more than a couple of times, James has done that. Like, we really should look at this. We really should look at this. And then it saved songs before where it's like, I can't believe we almost put that out without doing that. You know, so it does work. Well, both you guys have done really innovative things. And do you ever think about it? Does that ever? trip you out at night when you're just kind of lying in bed and like oh I, i've done all this stuff and it's it's been doing well and i i guess i'm doing something right how do i keep doing that or do you even think about it in those terms do you ever step outside and look back or are you just kind of a head down like just push forward move forward kind of a thing i mean you've done the innovative stuff i think uh, with with people, <laughs> with people, not, not you know. Just the way it's, you're the one. I mean, well, as far as you know, just strange ways of putting out music. And I stuff mean, like if that. you ask the average person, I mean, not that I consider it a job, but if you ask the average person who goes to work a whole lot, if he just will show up one day and go, you know, I think I've done this. I think I, I think I won. You just, just, <laughs> you're not going to just like go turn around, and just like leave your. Here's my keys. Here's my stuff. Like I, I think I've done this really well, yeah. and. Nobody has anything on me. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. that last report. It's not really the way you kind of your mind really works. You don't right. so look at it like if I feel anxious know. about you know I don't know what's coming next and what am I going to do? What if what if you know if things go bad or whatever? Anxiety, which happens sometimes, mm-hmm. right? I just sit down and start writing because I know it's the only thing I know that I can do in the meantime that you know could end up being good. Mm. So I do kind of just go back into the salt mine, you know, and just yeah. work it out. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a tough, it's a tough question to answer, and I know it's probably kind of annoying to talk about the process because it's sort of, it just is a very natural thing that you guys do without probably thinking about it too much. But the reason that I ask is because I know a lot of people who listen want to do the same kind of thing or similar stuff, you know, maybe in other fields, and you know, I. I constantly try to remind people like you're your biggest obstacle so it's always fun to hear people who have figured out how to push through themselves and kind of get their own brains out of the way how they do that and and what is you know like when you kind of come up against the wall how do you push through that i mean you described it pretty well i mean i don't know that that there's a a secret except for knowing that like what you just said which is you're running the race, you know, with yourself. There's nobody really next to you. Most people don't even know that 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 they can do it. You know, it's I don't know. It's. I mean, I just keep working. I, yeah. I and if something, if I'm having a hard time figuring something out, I move on to something different, and I just keep doing that. Just keep moving, though. I think is something the main pops thing. out. I mean, it's some at least when I'm sitting and writing alone, you know, I um, 
things kind of happen unconsciously. It's like when you finally stop paying attention that something cool happens, you know? <laughs> Accidents uh, are usually way better than anything you plan to yeah, do. Yeah, true. Mean, yeah. Um, but if you're not doing anything, that neither one of those is going to happen. I think You need yeah. to be able to recognize a good accident. That's, I think, sure. something maybe that not everybody does. That's why it's. That's why I think collaboration is so great because yeah, you, you don't recognize your own accents a lot of the accents right. a lot of the time. True. Yeah. So to have someone else to go, oh, that thing, there yeah. was something there. Yeah. What yeah. I was. Yeah. Sometimes things are too close to your own. Oh yeah. Soul, where you just don't. Where you go, oh, that's yeah. not interesting. And someone's like, yeah. no, 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 no. That's that's the thing. But that's just yeah. Thing. Brian is doing that often. He's really good at that. I'd say <laughs> that is a key. Sort of having an eye for a talent or an eye for a, a thing. Is there is there any specific thing you look for when you're when you sit down and you, do you when you first start collaborating with someone do you go well let's just start fucking around mm-hmm. and kind of and I'll just sort of figure out where your where your brain is at um not so much I mean usually I've heard the person's stuff a lot and I've been able to feel a certain way from hearing something but I mean I, I in a studio I trust my instincts a hundred percent not you know again for better for worse i genuinely just think oh if i feel something then it's real so we'll keep we're keeping that or it's what's based around that but i do that all the time um and just i i i've seen it with people who i've seen over the years now and and i haven't really had to go outside of that and i think you can do that and it'll either work out or it won't but it's really hard to do it if you don't have you don't really have a a strong opinion and go with what you think whether other people really agree or not and you know they'll make you kind of unpopular sometimes or whatever but um it's really just that like if i hear somebody doing something and they're like yeah but i've done that a bunch of times before it's like well that's why i'm here you know do it again (laughs) or you know well so and so did that it's like see now now we're starting to go down a path that i can't really that's not something i do i've never really been i mean we talk about this to me and james like part of any kind of i guess movement or crew or or genre of music that's you know that's kind of coming gone or whatever we've never really been cool like the cool hip thing that's going on and so i think a lot of that is we fall in line with that when we work together is that stuff never comes up really about like what other people are doing or what's cool right now or what's happening with this or that it never changes like what we do at all it just doesn't like listening to his you know the shins records and even i I think the stuff i do in that way just i can't because you know it's always like there's the cool kids table and there's everyone else and there was i was never in that on that cool kids table then (laughs) so i'm not going to try to act like i can even if i get a pass i'm not going to go you know do that it's just it's just i'll get found out immediately there's no way so i don't even we don't even try in that way um but i think having that kind were you always sort of comfortable and in that in that sense of just saying because the thing that you said about oh if i feel something it's probably real most people don't know how to identify that like usually you sort of work until you get enough experience where you start figuring out how to calibrate oh okay i guess if i feel in this quadrant of my brain then this is probably means that did you always feel that way or did you sort of get that just because you've been doing this for a long time no i think when you're listening to music you know when I, if i you get an album you're listening to the record song four comes on you listen to the rest of the record you're like song four is the one you know for me or that that did this you know and then eventually after five more times you listen song eight becomes the one but it that really happened you know that four was the one that did this thing or that part really happened and you, and you listen to enough music that's 
as just as a fan, you start to develop your own taste and you develop things and those that that's how those things mean to you. So then you start talking to somebody else and they go, Jack Forrest, same thing with me. Like, oh, okay, well, there's a connection there. There's something that, and then like, what about this album? Oh, yeah, seven and eight, or, you know, this song or that song. And you start to have a little bit of uh, those things that start to, you know, you can get the context of, okay, well, what I think is actually not crazy. Um, I was onto something. Like, I should have never really questioned. I knew that they were great. I should have speak up, you know, the more people you, you know, and somebody else says, no, it's four. Like, no, this guy's crazy and then, you know and you really think that then you're like okay well there's conviction there somewhere you know even if everybody else is wrong you're still gonna feel like okay there's something here so you just you know you'll find out after a while i guess if if, if uh if your tastes are shared or not well i think it's hard to i think the one thing that that a lot of people lack is this sort of like and there's an awareness factor of like is this working or not which I think is a very important thing to be able to have because sometimes you can get so <clears throat> married to an idea that you don't want to listen to what anyone else. They're like, no, 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 it's this thing. And then after a while you go, oh, I'm dumb. I was dumb this whole time. Why, why was I so stubborn? Cause you just get so locked into being I, right about things. I can't work alone. That's why whenever I try, I get that way a little bit. I think, I think that's why I like to work with other people so much because i start to, as soon as i go in myself with and start trying to do the same things i do with other people i curse at myself so much and i just i'm like this is, i'm terrible i can't do any of this i can't decide on anything i can't judge anything because it's too close to me so i was i found that out a long time ago so um it's i was like well i'm not gonna even uh, i'll go to this other thing which is working with other people and that seems to work out because i'm a fan is you know a lot about what you know i hear stuff and i react to it and I've learned to make things as well, usually in the process of working with other people or ripping off stuff that I really liked. Um, I've learned to do it, but it's still, I think I'm better at working with other people than just by myself. Is there any piece of a song that was inspired by something that no one has caught on to that in your mind you're like, oh, this to me, this totally feels like this other thing that I was inspired by, but no one has picked up on it? like any one thing yeah like or, or, <laughs> <laughs> it's like does it happen once does it happen on, it all happens all the time i'm not gonna tell you but yeah it happens all the time yeah um james do you at this point you're you probably have a pretty clear idea of like what the the shins boxes are and what the broken bell like if you get an idea if you start to feel something go oh, and that's more shins or this is more broken bells is there is there like a third and fourth and fifth box where you go i have this idea but it doesn't contextualize. I just don't know where to fit it into anything. Um, yeah, there, there is. The thing about the Broken Bell stuff is I just I, – I work on that stuff when I'm with Brian. We just work together in the studio. So it really is that. I don't sit at home and come up with ideas and then go, oh, that's a Broken Bells thing. I, I, y- anything like that, I'm, I'm usually – usually things end up being a Shin's idea, I guess. There are other things, other ideas though that that are – maybe a little bit more, I don't know, sort of like rock and roll and maybe punk ish that I, that I come up with. So I have kind of a file where shit like that goes for some project one day, maybe something really angry. No, it's just like more, it's just more kitschy in a, in sort of a fun punk sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. I find myself sometimes getting in that mood and I'll write that way 
for a while. But so I'm not going to put that on a Shins record, probably. You know. But are you? Do you, do you ever think like, oh, someday I'll put, or, or is that stuff just kind of personal, just kind, for you? No, I do. I think about it. Like, what am I going to do with this stuff? I like it. You know, it'd be fun to do that. I think. But I just, you know, it just right now goes into the pile of random shit. Is there anything that you feel like, uh, oh, I still want to do X, or I still, you know, there's this, this kind of area of my brain that I still want to explore that I just haven't hit yet. Mm, no, I'm not that sort of thinker. <laughs> I just, I'm, you know, I, I'm pretty much pretty satisfied with what I'm doing. I'm not like thinking about writing a novel or some weird thing like that now. I no, like that. Yeah. Um, if you, if you kind of go through periods where you feel like, nah, I just don't really have anything to say. Do you, do you give in I to shut that? Up. You just, <laughs> you just shut up. Well, you know, some people, you know, some people like, oh, I'll go to Italy for a month and just kind of like recharge or I'll just yeah. go sit by myself in a I'm, cabin or I'm totally maybe I'm, I'm just not artistic in that sort of way or that's not how my brain works. I don't know if I were to go somewhere to write, if I was, I'm going to lock myself in a cabin in Alaska, I think I would just feel all this pressure. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm here. I've got to do this. Yeah. It's got to be fucking awesome when I get out of here or I'm a failure. I don't know. It'll take all the fun out of creating. Yeah, I think I'm just. Maybe it's just sort of the family I come from. We're just much more pragmatic and boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it just, it, it's, you know, they think there's a, if, if you come from a family of, you know, like what, what, what does your dad do? He was in the Air Force career, Air Force guy. Okay. So he, yeah. he pretty much was like a get shit done kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, oh, totally. Yep. You figure it out. You just fucking, yeah. you, if you, you know, yeah, you get up, absolutely. you get up in the day and yeah. it's like, whatever the thing is, you just got to fucking figure it yeah, out. And he grew up on a cattle ranch. He's not, it's just practical people you yeah know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> which i think you know i think some people have this sort of artistic idea of like no man it's sort of like you know i mean everyone's everyone's a little bit different but i think we found that some of our more successful comedian friends are the ones who like i'm gonna go right from nine to six yeah and just you know like it's a job and whatever comes out that day a lot of it's gonna be shit but some nuggets will be useful and i'll just kind of go and from there you can build on those yeah yeah i i agree with that yeah, I do too. I, I, especially if you can choose to work that way. A lot of times, you know, you have to have a job to create stuff. Like that's not the creating part. You have to just have a regular job so you can generally live, you know, somewhat comfortably. And then in the off hours, you use that time to create. And sometimes yeah, that's really good for some people. And then sometimes when they turn that into that being the job, they're not very good at it. Um, you know, you just you just can't come up with anything. It's like the pressure you're talking about going to Alaska. It's like, okay, you don't have to work a job where you can just focus on this creative thing so people just doesn't just doesn't doesn't work well that way but <laughs> i like the idea of just getting up that's what we do when we do the records we, we get up we come straight to the studio we we have a time we work reasonable hours like it's like noon to seven or eight but every day five days a week we take the weekends off it's just we do it like that way whether we have some days we don't really come up with stuff but most of the time we do but you just kind of get there and just do it sometimes all right we're gonna make this really up tempo song it's gonna be cool it's gonna be a big song for us and then at the end it's the saddest slowest <laughs> thing it's like how the, how the hell did this happen and it's like and it winds up being that way we've done that many times where we're just we're listening to certain kind of music or whatever and make this turn that turn and then it's just this has no chance of commercial success but you know that's just kind of what we do it winds up getting there no matter what i guess i, I think i think it's i think that's the sort of mythos idea of 
you know, just this artist and he just like ideas just come to him. I, I think yeah. the more successful people I talk to, the more consistently it's, oh, yeah, it's it's really a lot less romantic than you think it is. You yeah. just fucking work at it and then hopefully you're lucky enough to pull out the right nuggets. And if not, then you try some new shit. And if not, then you try new shit and try to learn from it. Like, it doesn't really... You know, most people kind of put up these barriers of like, I don't know, I'm just waiting for something to happen. It's like, no, yeah. you really kind of have to start the machine, yeah, before yeah. it's going to spit anything out. Oh yeah, that's um, and keep at it, you know, because I think partly you build this library of ideas, and if you let it go too long, then that it just kind of dissipates. Mm -hmm. So that if you keep at it, the better ideas are more likely to come up. Yeah, it's like a it's like a you know factory line where you have to get the stuff out out of the way so the yeah. other stuff can continue to come out you just got to keep it going keep it moving yeah and especially like a lot of ideas that you have in one moment are not necessarily going to work if you hold on to it too long because they were just too of that time yeah especially who, who you were or who the rest of the world where the rest of the world was yeah. and so yeah, i've got tapes little like uh, micro cassette tapes going back to the early 90s and it's pretty hilarious sometimes <laughs> to listen <laughs> to that shit oh that's my my, my nightmare if anybody of, of my phone something happening hearing my voice of uh, recordings uh, yeah. of ideas oh yeah really oh, oh yeah i'd rather a sex tape come out seriously <laughs> Is that, i'm dead no. serious i'm not kidding like this it's it's career ending if you, if you yeah, heard this if that, he could you know, do this then it's I totally, really 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 bad like i'll go back weird. and listen <laughs> he's fucked a lot of weird things yeah. and it's okay if that gets yeah. out but it is that like like you know you're you're not any more exposed than if someone like yeah my my comedy notebook i'm like I I I, off, I often wonder like if I was walking down the street with my bag and someone's like he pulls a gun they go give me your bag I yeah. honestly would be like can I just take my notebook yeah. out of there yeah. and then you can take all the rest of the shit oh, that yeah. I can replace yeah. is there any way you can seriously take out edit out what I just said because I don't want anybody like not trying to hack into I'm your... being dead serious now like I'm now I'm really scared. Yeah. Oh, to <laughs> so, uh, your phone. Because when you say something like that and it's any kind of joke, it's like, wait a minute. That well, could be actually pretty about it. Yeah, I just made it pretty big deal. Not that I think people are really going to. I don't think care. anyone. I, I don't think anyone. I mean, I don't, I don't think. I don't think what you said is so like. I, It'll get looked over. I just started thinking. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I got. Because no, now that I've said that, it's sinking in that. What if somebody? What if it really it, did yeah, happen? Yeah, yeah. I need so, to. I need to get them off my phone. That's what I need to do. We can leave it in. You can leave it in. I just need to get these things off my phone. So this phone, shouldn't this carry phone? around. Yeah, once you once you put them on your carry around kryptonite in my pocket with me. It's, it's way too silly. I yeah, should not. I should. Yeah. Right. This this should be motivating to get all that shit off your phone. Thank you. Um, inter intervention. <laughs> this is what this whole thing is for. This isn't even recording. Okay. okay. Do you have an iPhone? Uh, no comment. Okay. Well, if you if you did have an iPhone. If you did have an iPhone, there's a there's a great there's a great um, app called iExplorer, and it basically just it just pulls all the shit off your phone like it was a hard drive. Yeah. So it's uh you know I'm not that you have that kind of phone. I'm sure you're rocking uh, the uh, uh, the Motorola the, the, the Star Razor. Razor the Razor the Razor, the Razor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, you could fit 99 songs on that thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Spent 800 dollars on that. Yeah. That yeah. Exactly. Out. God damn it. The Razor. I liked the StarTac phone. I really liked the StarTac phone. I love the Razor. That was the one that was designed after like the Star Trek communicator. So it like it, it just like popped open. Yeah. That was the vision of the future that we had. Um so what do you what's next after February 4th? Then then what happens? Are are you go back and and start doing more shin stuff or do you tour? Do you guys tour together? We're going to tour. We're touring. We're rehearsing now for the tour. So We'll start touring, and that's going to take us into the summer, I think. 
um, for the most part. Festival. Season. Do you go out with a band or just the two of you? We have two more guys that come with us. Cool. So it's, it's a band. It's four of us. Yeah. Are you well, doing, we uh, do a lot of stuff. Yeah. You doing Coachella? We are. Looking forward to any of the reunions going on at Coachella this year? Yeah, Outcast. I mean, Outcast. Luckily, we're Outcast, playing the same day yeah. as them, so we'll get to see that. That's nice. What else is happening? Neutral Milk Hotel. Okay. Yeah. They're yeah. on tour now, I think, right? Yeah, I think they're doing theaters right now. Yeah. That should be good. So, yeah. I, I mean, we're only going to get, I think we'll probably only get to be there on the one day, and then we'll be, you know, shuttled out somewhere else, and then we'll be back the next weekend, I think. Yeah. Is the touring part kind of anticlimactic because you've pretty much done all of the work up to that point, and now it's just like, oh, here's all the shit we've been working on for a while. Like, here it is. I mean, not really. I mean, playing live shows is pretty intense, you know. So, I, yeah. I, and it can be really fun, and especially when they fun. cheer and love you. It's, <laughs> it's kind of you forget that that's fill the whole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. It's such a, every it's, night. It's yeah. such an. It's such an. Uh, like the idea of it still bends my brain a little bit to think like you can just sit. You can just sit in a room and fuck around and just make a thing, and then just place that thing somewhere, and then thousands of people will show up. And then all of a sudden, it's like it's out of you. It's out of your body. Do that thing again. Do that thing yeah. Again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you sort of – like how many shows does it take for you to get when you're playing live before you start to realize like, oh, people are responding to this? Because like, they're obviously going to respond to things that you don't necessarily think of. They're yeah, going right. to catch things. They're going to catch a hook or a word. Like or Aaron Fields. Right. <laughs> so how do you, you know, like how long does it take you guys to kind of like get in sync with, with like what an audience, like wh- what the ebbs and flows are? Hmm. It shouldn't I, take us long. I think yeah, after the first kinda... week or so, we're, we're playing the same size venues. After the first week, we'll start to know what songs are and what parts are connecting the most, I think. I think so, anyway. The, yeah, pat- the patterns will form. Yeah, what do you do, you know, because it's not like we have a bunch of but it's much better than last time. Last time we we True. had one album. It was ten songs. It was thirty eight minutes, and we yeah. had like, oh, you have an hour set. Go That's for it. You have to jam. <laughs> Just have to stretch it out and jam. What? Right. Do, <laughs> you, do you talk to the Do you talk to the crowd at all, or do you just kind of get down? I'm to not much of a talker with minimal, the crowd, but yeah. I don't say anything. But never, I don't think I'm okay with that. Usually, when I've yeah. seen a band, you know, yeah, yeah. I was in, when I was in bands growing up. I there was this one band I was in where the guy was a real political guy. And oh so yeah. it'd be five minutes between songs where I was just sitting behind my drum set waiting for this guy to tell everybody about, you know, animal cruelty. And I go, can we start can we start the song now? Like, and people would just be getting <laughs> bored. Like, no one wants to hear that. They're there. To All right, Bob Barker, you done up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, yes, but I think, it, I, think it's, I think it's, I think it depends on where it's coming from. Like, some people can do that in a very natural and it feels good. Like, oh, this is part of the show. Yeah. And other people just sort of feel like, I have to say something or I have to be funny. How or, many of you like the taste of alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> you guys like, you guys pulled out like, we're going to fuck your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Like old Van Halen style. Yeah, That's yeah. more my style. <laughs> yeah. I put the left, yeah. left side I'll of the fuck who's, who's girlfriend, pal. <laughs> yeah. Just oh, right. Broken <laughs> spell show. Not what I yeah. thought it was going to be. And James Mercer fucked everyone's girlfriend. Like, yeah. Dude, they only had 38 minutes, so he had to spend uh, yeah. 22 minutes doing something else. Uh, weird threat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I I I wonder if I wonder if it would have been awesome. I mean, obviously it would have been awesome to have had that experience, but now I think about I wonder if like Diamond Dave just sort of sits back and he's like, "Oh man, I wish I was doing that still." Oh, like relive glory days? I mean, that was a, you know, to to be <laughs> That's a sad sight. To be yeah, yeah. to be on to be where those guys were like in that period of time, in that place in music. Like I just can't even 
they reveled in it. Yeah. Too. You know what? You know, watch, there's a Sunset Strip documentary on Netflix right now, and it's uh, real interesting. And then they get to the, uh, the metal hair like years, like the, just the glam metal stuff on the Sunset Strip. And then talking to all the guys from that time now, that's real sad. Then you can get, you see it right up there. The guy's like, it was great, man. There was just like, you get your dick sucked everywhere. And it's, <laughs> it was like Jonesy. It was like Jonesy from Sex Pistols. I fucking got my, I just roll up on my bike and get my cock sucked. It was just like, they loved it so but much. Jonesy still does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with Jonesy, yeah. But 100 pounds more. I got to see this. Yeah, it's, it's really great. It's like starts from the very, like, how it, it was just farms and it goes to this spot where it just, you're like, Ugh. and then it's like, there's, there's awesome, like, old shot of the, like, these two punk kids going, what the fuck? What happened here? It's just a bunch of hair metal. What's going on? <laughs> All these guys going, yeah, we really – it only lasted four years. I know. Well, there, there, there's this great – you see a lot of those old interviews where they're, they're interviewing Rat. Oh, know. Chris Holmes? Yeah. And they, and they go uh, – they're, t- they're talking about hair metal. They go like, well, you know, which other bands do you think you guys are in competition with? And they're like, oh, man – we're not in competition with these guys. Like, you know, our, our competition are the super bands like the Stones and Zeppelin. <laughs> and then, and then it's, I think maybe it was behind the music. And then it kind of so sad. It cuts like five years later. One of the guys like hanging billboards on Sunset Boulevard, yeah. like right over where they used to perform. Cool. Uh, uh. It's, but, I feel, <laughs> but I feel like what music – I feel like what every industry has now is that I feel like you know artists are a lot more empowered than they used to be and not necessarily as controlled by – you know, bigger things, you know, saying, oh, now it's grunge time. Fuck you, hair metal guys. Yeah. Like, you guys, you know, like you said, you don't, it's not really a, any kind of specific thing that you're a part of. So you could just go make another record if you want to and if put it, hair and give it directly record. to people. And if they like it, great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess you could. It does seem like th- there's not as, um, cohesive of a trend or sort of the, the trends aren't so strong as they were back then yeah i sort yeah. of feel like it, it's you know i feel like in those days it seemed like if a company decided that a band was over like oh well they didn't sell a million whatever so now they're done then they were really fucking done but yeah. now it feels like well if you know if you just want to keep it's only Put done it yourself then yeah, yeah, yeah right. it's only yeah. done if you decide you don't want to do it anymore i do I wonder too if if with all the way everything can be so easily documented and spread so quickly if people are a little bit more in the middle as opposed to really committing to any trends because you don't want to look like a jackass. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> are people really a little bit more hesitant to, to Because everyone's to get more really, self-conscious. Yeah, and to be and and you can see how quickly things can change and you don't do you really want to wear that makeup and that hairstyle and that thing do you really want to do that right now yeah and because really like it's going to get reco- yeah it's going to be out there every it's going to be on facebook it's gonna be all these places are going to see it so we're just basically a culture of second guessing right now like i don't know I'm, I'm asking the question i don't know i haven't really noticed it myself but i do wonder if that's part of the thing too with where because people used to socially um a lot more i think they socially define themselves with their music that they listen to and then it affected the way they dressed and talked and all these other things i don't know yeah. that that's necessarily maybe i'm just getting older i'm out of touch maybe it does happen in in high schools i'm just not around it but i'm just asking more i don't know if don't anybody know notices either. that i don't know either and and i think a lot of times you just need you need hindsight to look back and go yeah. oh that's that was a thing mm-hmm. That was a thing. We didn't see it at the time because it yeah. was just a part. It was it was too close to us. But oh, I guess that that was yeah, a everyone thing. was wearing this bow ties. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Now it's all, now it's all bow ties. Bow ties, suspenders. Um, but we uh we we just that's an hour. We that was that was an hour, which is about all the. 
Well, that's okay. Oh, cut. Oh, everything's ruined now. <laughs> God damn it. Turn the cameras off. Oh, wait. Why can't you find the thing? It's right. <laughs> Poor guy. Can someone show him? <laughs> it's Back uh, to the Future 2. It's right there. Is Back to the Future 2 over there? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. You guys have The Incredibles? You have E.T.? Oh. You got Celebrity? <laughs> Donnie Darko? Breathless? All right. Um, but uh, thanks for letting us take up an hour of your day. Oh, that was cool. That was fun. I didn't know what this was. Now I do. Yeah. And, uh, do you want to go back and start over then? I didn't realize we were doing an interview until about 10 minutes in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought we all like holding like, microphones. Yeah. Some guys just showed up and they just started talking to us on a couch. Uh, yeah. yeah. And they so faded away. It would away. be cool though if you just walked in a room, there's an extra microphone, you sit down and just join the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, that would be kind of fun. That's if, what I just if, did, yeah. if it was a high traffic, you know, like if it was a. St- yeah, like, so like one of the if there was a big studio and a bunch of bands were recording, you just put something yeah. in the middle and just let let people come in. It's like, oh, Bono just came in and said a few things and then he walked out. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it would always be the uh, most annoying people in the whole studio. Yeah, <laughs> always wanting. <laughs> oh, they won't leave. They won't stop talking. Bono won't leave. We've been recording for four hours. <laughs> uh, but it was really nice to nice chat with you guys and and thanks for thanks for having us. And and if it's okay, I just want to take a minute and look at all the weird stuff, the cool. Uh, retro stuff here does that jukebox work yeah it does this was a real 80s studio and i liked it so i tried to keep it 80s when i tried to mess around did you curate it. all the records yeah, in there yeah i bought a bunch of and who printed yeah. out the little labels they look todd did they Todd have did. programs on the computer that can make it look old really? oh that's rad yeah, that fit was that thing. laser jet yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a dot matrix printer. Yeah. I always uh, rip off trying to take the dots off the, the side <laughs> super yeah. loud there's a were these already here all these golden platinums well, as you can see, me and my painted uh, self, there was a whole other wall full of them, and I oh, was yeah, like, the "Those are those that. would embarrass <laughs> me. Right. Those are not records I'd be that proud is... to have on the wall. They're not mine. None that, of yeah. mine. that looks like fucking. But... <laughs> that looks like Pompeii or something, <laughs> yeah, yeah. where they just these things were just flash frozen. Out of all, so out of all, we got those, Tony Basil up here. Those yeah. ones Tony I kept. Basil? Those Tony ones. Basil recorded here. Did she record Mickey here? She did. Apparently, Crowded House. Shit. What? Where's Crowded House? Where did I see it? Yeah, this crowd. The La Bamba oh, soundtrack. Right yeah. Oh, Dead Man's Party. Hey, Uncle Bungo, Chris. They fucking recorded Crowded House here? Oh, the crowd, I mean, Neil Finn's one of my favorites. Yeah, so those are the ones I kept, and those are the other probably 50 spaces that are empty that are, are, are in storage somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we bummed out the, the, oh, the, the, the studio people. They're like, you don't want these here? I was like, no, I don't really want those there. The gold, the gold cassette and the platinum cassette. Do you remember yeah. what any of them were? I don't know. Yeah. Just no. like enough to be like, I don't care. I think Linda Ronstadt recorded a lot of records here because there's probably about ten. I think she she's Jeez. always recorded here, so I kept one. There's a my uh, my office was used to be at the Henson Studio, oh, yeah. which is right, and so that was old A and M Records, mm-hmm. and they kept the recording studios inside. We shut the Ben Folds video. That's right, yeah, yeah. They we kept the recording. They kept the recording studio intact, and so. It looks exactly like it did when they, you know, like, you know, I think Carol King recorded there and David Lee Roth. Yeah. So there's a table in the back where the where like the viewing couch was where you could watch the artist perform. And the table has like about 10,000 slash marks (laughs) on it. And they were like, yeah, this is where they would like do all the blades. And so they never they never changed the table. So it's almost like it's almost like a historical some of the most famous people in music like drag their faces across that table. <laughs> I can only imagine the studio seriously though. It's this was a very eighties. Yeah, Sheena during Houston the, during the, 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 the these, these things alone. Did Prince produce? Did yeah. Prince produce that album? I think Prince produced that album. 
Really? Maybe. I think he did. I was in love with Sheena Easton as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, Still I think we all were. I, am, probably. <laughs> I had a huge crush on Sheila E. Prince had her too. God damn it. Is there anyone Prince hasn't been in? He's married now, isn't he? <laughs> what? Yeah. Or he's married. I don't know. All I know is that a bunch of people camp out in front of his house in Minnesota and they just hope that he comes out and plays and he never does. But the, a whole bunch of people, because one time he came out and played. Oh, wow. And so now people just now camp. He's cursed. Yeah, yeah. forever. Yeah. And it was like, God damn it, the one time. The I did one that time. one time. Awesome. Um, awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, 
You're safe from heat domes, super storms, water bandits in the Outer Lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, he promised to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now ad-free on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.